0: Three, two, one, zero. Hello, welcome to...
1: Episode 107, Having a Living Will. Hey Chainers, welcome to another episode of Chain of Wealth. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien.
2: And I'm Katie Welsh.
1: So Katie, our topic today is going to be living wills. And it's a topic that I'm not too knowledgeable about. I don't know about you.
2: Um, not super knowledgeable, but I have done quite a bit of research on it. And I, then I think it's something that people try not to think about because it's really not like a happy thought, but it's necessary.
1: Yeah, it's definitely necessary. So, Katie, I think that like once we dive into our interview, well, not into our episode.
2: Our conversation. Our conversation. <laughs>
1: it's so weird. Like I'm still trying to get used to this whole Thursday episode. And, and Where going we on. only
2: talk to each other.
1: <laughs> well, you know, like most other podcasts, people talk to themselves. So.
2: <laughs> I couldn't imagine. I don't know how to talk to myself for an hour.
1: You know, I think it's actually a lot easier than what you, what you realize You know, like once you get going and you've done a couple, I imagine the first few are a little bit awkward, but in any case, I think that we enjoy having each other's company during the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, are you ready to dive right into today's
2: episode? Yeah.
1: Awesome. Let's do it.
2: Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey
0: of financial freedom.
1: So, Katie, living wills, what exactly are they and what goes into them?
2: Yeah, Then, so I think to put it as basic as possible, a living will is just something. It's a statement detailing a person's last wishes regarding their medical treatment in the event that something happens and they're no longer able to really express what they want for themselves. Yeah. So it takes away a lot of... Like undue pressure on family where, oh no, mom or dad or grandma or even your spouse is laying in a coma or, you know, something horrible has happened. They get to... They planned ahead. They said, nope, if this is the state that I'm going to be in, this is what I want to happen. Instead of leaving it to the family to kind of, you know, be upset and stressed out and everything. And then they have to make the decision. It's just really taking some burden off of your loved one.
1: Yeah. And a living will is actually very different to a normal will as well. So the primary difference between a living will. And a regular will is the timing. So a living will is while you're still alive, however, you're unable to consciously make a decision like Katie said, And a normal will is once you've passed away, how should they be dividing up your belongings and stuff like that? And like you said, Kate, it's going to take off a lot of pressure on the loved ones and everything else like that. So it's definitely something that you should be thinking about happening or having. (laughs)
2: Yeah, it goes along with, I know this is going to be like really morbid and I don't know if my family is just weird or not, but... I come from a single parent home and my mom talks about her death like kind of on the regular.
1: I I think a lot of families actually like that. or A lot of people are talking like that, especially when they start getting a little bit older. Yeah,
2: my my mom (laughs) talks about dying like regularly, like asking what I want, you know, when she, I quote, kicks the bucket. (laughs) Um, And then she's also casually just thrown into conversation like while we're having lunch before like, oh yeah, well I'm... I have a meeting at the mortuary this weekend or whatever. And she's like, what? She's like, yeah, you know, to kind of pick out my burial plot and, you know, my (laughs) casket and everything. And at first it was like, well, this is really a way to like bring down that fun atmosphere of lunch. (laughs) But, um, But after we talked about it and everything, I see where she's coming from because she doesn't want me and my brother to have to go through all of that eventually by ourselves and me and my brother don't know what we're doing. So she's kind of trying to take some of the pressure and the stress off and have it planned out and done.
1: Right. So let's talk about why living wills are super important. And Kate, I I know you've touched on that a little bit already, but we can definitely talk a little bit more about it. You know, the thing is like, do you really want to leave your loved one in a position where they are forced to keep you alive or you know, you're brain dead and, you know, they got the machine going and it's costing them an arm and a leg and the insurance is refusing to pay. Like it really puts them in a really difficult position because they love you. And while you love them as well, you know, like they're kind of forced to keep you alive because they're not actually able to legally turn off the machines, if that makes sense. Well,
2: and even if they were they're you're going to secretly be praying for a miracle that you bounce back and become how you were before, at least that's what I would be feeling if I had somebody who I really cared about who was in a coma for an extended period of time, or, you know, like you said, if their brain was not going to recover the way that it should, I would still be praying for a miracle, and I wouldn't be able to do it.
1: Yeah, and while there are advancements in medical technology all the time, and you know, people do find new ways to like treats and, and like solve various meta conditions. I mean, ultimately it's, it's that time period, you know, of, Oh, something could happen or something couldn't happen. And, you know, like I, I really think that it's almost selfish not to have one. If you don't like think ahead, you know, especially if you've got a lot of people dependence on you and everything else. And obviously if you're still alive, sometimes your, um, maybe life insurance wouldn't be able to take care of your family. So now, Like maybe you've got, maybe you're the breadwinner, and you know, like your family was dependent on you, and now you're unable to make a living. Maybe you didn't get adequate insurance in the event that your brain dead, but you're not actually dead itself. So I would say that they definitely are super important, and you know, they they definitely do serve a very vital purpose.
2: Yeah, it kind of goes back to those commercials that you know we used to see. I haven't seen any in a while, but I we don't have cable either. But it talks just about that, about how important life insurance and living wills and everything are for the benefit of your family and who you're leaving behind.
1: So, okay, do you think that writing one yourself is something that you should be doing now so you you can obviously do anything yourself these days you know? <laughs> anyone with uh, a laptop can jump onto google and sort of say hey i want to write a living world and i'm sure there's a ton of living world like creators out there and you know you can just like make your own one but is that something you really want to be doing yourself
2: i think it's that's a complicated question then for me I would have the conversation with my family. And, you know, like I said earlier, death somehow comes up as a topic a lot in my family. But we've all kind of said, this is what I would want, this is what I wouldn't want. And having it written down is great. So in the time that, you know, everything is happening your family's not going back and second guessing and maybe, you know, it's circumstantial and everything. But I think even if you write it yourself to have a professional look over it and make sure that there's a proper language in there and you've covered all your bases. Because if you're just, like you said, typing it out in Google and, you know, writing it yourself, there could be some pretty important parts that you miss that you don't know that they don't think about.
1: So Kate, talking about living wills, what's exactly some of the ways you can go about getting one if you're not going to be running one yourself?
2: Right, I think that first and foremost, going to see a lawyer um, is probably the easiest way to do it because really they're doing all the work. You're paying for their service and you're paying to make sure that it is all done right. And a little bit of a upfront cost, it's more of an investment than anything else. So when the time comes that I get my living well done, I'm going to be going to a lawyer. But otherwise, you could, like you said earlier, look it up on Google and get some expertise for free from there.
1: Yeah, and I also think that, you know, like... It may be more expensive to go with a lawyer. However, if you think about the cost that your family could incur, should they have to keep those machines running and everything else like that, you know, it's definitely a big financial burden that you could be placing on them, you know. And um, ultimately, if you don't recover, someone's going to have to pay those co-pays. And, you know, like what if you exceed the minimums and everything else like that? Oh, sorry, the maximums. Um, people could really be stung and like they could, it, it could set them back years and years in savings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at Chain of Wealth, we often hear people talking about medical expenses, you know, and someone broke their neck or something and they didn't have health insurance and they're, they've got millions of dollars worth of medical bills that are due. And, you know, these things happen. And if you're not prepared, Unfortunately, people can get stuck with a major financial burden and sort of having to bear that and make your family bear that is actually a bit cruel.
2: Yeah. And I think that a lot of times we talk about having an emergency fund. And really, when you think of an emergency fund, you think like, oh, the air conditioner broke or my car broke down or, you know, my pet got sick and I had to take him to the emergency room. That's what your emergency fund is really for not to keep a family member on life support for months and months at a time. No, No. I
1: completely agree. Like it's not going to cover the cost at all.
2: (laughs) Yeah, most people are not prepared for that kind of financial responsibility.
1: So what would you say some common mistakes are when it comes to living wills? Like what do people not think about? And, you know, like, do, do you think that? Like one of the biggest mistakes they could maybe have is not
2: preparing for something like this? Definitely not preparing at all, never having a conversation, not knowing how people close to you feel about certain things because certain people say, you know, no, I don't want to die. I want to be kept alive as long as I can. And then other people feel the opposite way. If I don't have a good quality of life, then just let me go. So I think not having that conversation at all is your the biggest mistake that yeah, you could have.
1: Complete degree and I also think that not challenging your family members is absolutely crucial, you know. Um whether they like your decision or not, they probably have to come to terms with it. I mean, you know, like when someone says to you, "Hey, if I'm in this position, I don't want to be kept alive." That's a big thing to say to a family member because they care about you, they love you, and telling them that you may rather want to be put out um, that can really damage someone if you don't prepare them and everything else like that. And, uh, you know, that they, they can almost be a bit angry at you, you know. So I think that that's definitely a big mistake that people can make is that not communicating with your family and not discussing death. Because, you know, the thing is, it's all good and well preparing. Well, it's just assuming that stuff like this won't happen, but you have to be prepared in the event that it happens. It's like, why do we have insurance? It's in the event that I have a car accident, not necessarily if I'm a bad driver, but if someone hits me, you know, so sort of having these sort of, thinking things through and sort of planning stuff is definitely a crucial step that you should be taking, especially as you get more and more people dependent on you and sort of moving from being a young adult to sort of a more mature adult and you're now dealing with family and everything else that comes with it.
2: Yeah, I definitely think that being prepared is the way to go. And it's not the highlight of a conversation, but it is an important one because you don't want to be leaving the people that you love in a bind.
1: So Katie, today we've really discussed a very morbid topic, let's be honest. <laughs> I know. And you know, like it's it does have financial consequences and it's something that people like to ignore and put off. But I think it's definitely good just knowing of the existence of a living law. I know that I really haven't considered it all too much. I'm probably going to start looking into it as, you know, like we start maybe building out a family and stuff like that. But, you know, it's definitely something that you want to be considering.
2: Yeah, I mean... I can see how it can be taken as morbid, but I I also read somewhere, I think it was on Twitter, that talking about life insurance and living wolves and everything is actually like the utmost amount of love that you can have for somebody in the event that something happens to you because you want even after your life is over you want to make sure that the people you love and care about are still taken care of and they're not living on the streets and eating out of trash cans that they're still able to enjoy their life even if you're not in it so I think really instead of thinking of it as like a terrible thing i mean losing a family member is but looking out for each other and having the other person's best interests at heart even in the case that you're not around anymore
1: yeah i completely agree with you and also my my dad always used to say to me when i was younger he'd say "My, my boy in life two things are certain death and taxes. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> and it's so true. Like and you have to be prepared for both of them. And like there's ways to sort of minimise your taxes if you're passing away or even if you're just like just in life in general, trying to minimize your taxes. And when it comes to death, you should also be taking some precautions as well, which maybe justifies your mom a little bit, yeah. <laughs> in like planning ahead and sort of looking to see what else is out there. But yeah, I think that being prepared is the best thing that you can do with something like this.
2: Yeah. Well, and then when me and my mom would have those conversations, at first, I obviously would get very upset at the idea of my mom dying. And she would always end the conversation with saying, Katie, You treat people well while they're alive. That way, when they do pass away, you don't have that, I should have spent more time, I should have called them more, I should have done this, I should have done that. You treat the people that you love in your life like you love them while they're around. And that way, you have those great memories after they're gone.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And, um, you know, we've absolutely enjoyed today's episode and hanging out with you, everyone. And, you know, we would absolutely love if you guys would continue the conversation with us on Twitter. So you can hit us up. It's at Chain of Wealth on Twitter. We'd like to know if you guys do have a living will, just a simple yes or no is all we need to hear. And you can also email us as well. It's info at chainofwealth.com. So, Katie, do you have a Tweet of the Week for us?
2: I do. I love the Tweet of the Week. So I want to give a shout out to, and I apologize if I slaughter your name, but Nayan Kulkarni. Um, I listen to your podcast while traveling to work. And here's one quote I'd like to share with the chainers. First you make habits, then your habits make you. And then I completely agree with this. You know, if you start out doing something all the time, then it's going to become a habit and then it becomes part of your life.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And if anyone would like to follow Nayan, you can reach them. It's at NayanKulkarani96 on Twitter.
2: So thank you, Nayan.
1: We'll catch you on the flip side, chainers.